So, Berto, I thought we would just talk about some random stuff. What do you say? Maybe we could. Yeah. This is the psychology in... Psychology. In Seattle. In in Seattle. Podcast. And I am your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I am a therapist and a professor. My name is Humberto Castaneda. I am a divorce lawyer for Mr. Pitt. So, the other day, you and I went to a luncheon... For Plymouth Housing Group, which is a an outfit that provides wraparound housing care for homeless people. Yeah, it was a really eye-opening. Huge crowd of people there to donate and, and listen. There was some really interesting information, stats that they shared. And uh, I really liked the keynote speaker. He was... A musician and TED fellow, meaning he's spoken at TED, uh, and he was really eloquent. Isn't his name Vijay Gupta? Oh, maybe it is. Yeah. So this is one of the charities that we give to for the podcast when you become a patron of the podcast. Part of your monthly pledge goes towards different charities that we support, and the Plymouth Housing Group is one of our charities that we support, and it is a wonderful organization. We went to the luncheon. It was amazingly organized. Yeah, Mandy was there. She was the table captain. That's right. Incidentally, this weekend, I'm marrying her. You're marrying your cousin? Yeah. So, wow. So for those, you know, people sometimes ask, what happened to Mandy? You know, she was on many episodes back in the day right. with you and me. And she wanted to focus on work and other things and not, you know, bother with our stupid little thing <laughs> called this podcast. And... She and I thought I would update that she's getting married because a lot of our episodes were about dating with her, right? And so I just that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Who is she marrying? Is she marrying the guy that 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 like really stressful experience she related on the air? <laughs> yeah. No, she met him after stopping. Actually, she met him because should I tell the story on the internet? I probably uh, shouldn't. Probably well, should. I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell. I'll, I'll tell a PG version. Uh, that's the wrong way to put it. I'll, 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 I'll tell the version that you know no one would really mind if I told. But essentially, I introduced them. Oh my god! I can't believe you said that on the air. Is the uh, is the short of it? Uh, is that I I, inter- I introduced them together, and it was a comical kind of introduction. And then they ended up uh, liking each other, and now they're getting married. And so I'm the officiant of their their uh, wedding. And uh, when we were at the luncheon, as you were leaving, Mandy and I uh-huh. and you and uh, some other people that we know were talking. And I was, you, me and the groom were sitting there and you came up to the two of us and yeah. <laughs> we were talking. And then as you left, the groom turns to me and says, it kind of sounded like Umberto wasn't invited to the wedding. Is that true? Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> So, so then immediately... Was I supposed to be invited to the wedding? <laughs> well, so immediately Michael uh-huh. looked at me and said, that is the dumbest thing of all time, and so you'll be getting it. A- <laughs> I was supposed to be invited? Oh, my God. I don't know. Uh, when is the wedding? Saturday. But anyway, Manny okay. just texted me and asked me for your address, so okay. I guess you'll probably get it <laughs> next week sometime. And, I, and I'll say, I would love to... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't take it personally because I hate them. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, are you busy Saturday night? Uh, I can be partially available. Okay. Yeah. Partially available, like what yeah. What part? Uh, well, it depends on the timing. I, I was trying to coordinate something that evening as well, but, you know, I could probably, depending on what, what the timing is, I might be able to show up. 
say, you know, when they're saying, is there anyone that objects? I'll be like, yes, damn it. If you're not going to invite people. (laughs) I also went to a a convention, a small convention here in Seattle called CrystalCon. CrystalCon. It's run by one of our listeners to the podcast. Her name is Crystal Connor, and she is a fantasy fiction writer. That's clever, Crystal Con. I know. Okay. And Crystal is associated with fairy tales. RPGs. And And so she is running this this convention and she asked me to be on the panel it was it's a small it convention i don't know if you call it convention so much as it's a, a panel discussion so yet was, another thing i wasn't invited to yeah so i, I sense a theme yeah <laughs> it's really interesting i learned a lot about fairy tales crystal was the moderator and kept calling on me to comment on various different things related to fairy tales and the psychology of and whatnot. So, so fairy tales as in uh, traditional ones, like Grimm's yeah. fairy tales? Yeah, or like traditional going way back even further. Sure. That. And that was the whole thing. It's like the prince and the frog and uh, Rapunzel and all these different yeah. fairy tales. When you learn the original story, they're... Gruesome. Yeah, gruesome and different. And they were, you know... The other thing is, is they were embedded in a time and place in a sure. you know, culture in that you want to teach children not to wander off in the woods, for instance. Right. Or you want to teach girls that they need to do one A, B, or C, or else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you want to teach boy. You know, it's like trying to tell people a moral that the society is trying to tell you. So if like in a hundred years, they'd be like, so little Ralphie spent too much time on his iPad and his eyes melted, you know? Right. Like, what's an iPad? <laughs> right. It'd be something like that. Like a witch comes out of the iPad and... <laughs> but let's see, that that's a timeless tale. <laughs> yeah. So, but I wasn't right, quite sure why I was there because everyone else there, the audience... So everyone in the audience participated in the conversation as well. Okay. The panelists and Crystal herself, everyone knew a shit ton about fairy tales. Except you. Except me. <laughs> I knew almost nothing. Uh, I mean, I know very little about even Disney, you know what I sure, mean? Sure, like, sure. And so... Uh, like, the Lion King? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't seen that one, actually. You never saw The Lion King? No. That was at a time, so in order for me to have seen, you know, a Disney or a cartoon, I would have had to have been young enough or old enough. I see. And when I was 25, I, I think that was when The Lion King, what, 90s? That would have not, that, you, it was not cool. Well, it just wasn't on my radar, sure. you know, like Aladdin, uh, The Beauty and the Beast. Uh-huh. Like, these all were 90s, I think. Yeah, they that, were. That was when I was in my 20s. Oh, and man. Just not really. Aladdin, great. Beauty and the Beast, great. Lion King, mostly great. Uh, another thing that happened was I went to that camp. Sometimes I talk about this camp that I go to. Band camp? or No, that was me. Was it's uh, been, I think it's my 11th year going to this camp. It cannot be your 11th year. It's 10th at least. It might be the 11th year, yeah. So I've been going to this camp for this junior high slash high school. It's a public school. They call it a choice school nearby Seattle in Kirkland, Washington. It's your 10th year. Okay. And they uh, go up to the woods and they stay in cabins and they talk about, you know, various different things. It's at the beginning of the school year. It is to orient them to the school year. It's also a bonding experience and it's also there to teach about, you know, psychology and stress management and this sort of thing. And I oversee a lot of the classes and it culminates in this 
big event on the last night where that there are two, 300 kids in this, you know, room and just me and all the parents and all the teachers leave. And it's just me and these kids. And then one by one, each kid gets up in front in this chair and tells about a story of difficulty they've had in their life. Mm. And they cry and kids hug them and there's all this support going on and it goes on for hours. Are they like, one time I had to tell a really horrible thing that happened to me in front of a lot of people at a camp. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they take to it and we always um, have to cut it off, uh, bef- you know, without everyone being able to go. Really? Yeah. Cause, cause it, everyone is, it's, it's so interesting to see, you know, if I just plopped this intervention down in a in a another school, my guess is it wouldn't go over well. But each, you know, the kids that were the seniors in the room, mm-hmm. I was there when they were seventh graders in the room. Right. And so every new group of kids gets indoctrinated into this culture of this is what we do at the first week of school is, you know, Kirk is in this room and he helps us talk about these things and that's right. just the that's just the way that it is. And it's this incredible kind of tone setting experience for the rest of the year and they get so much so much support and it's very healthy. It's it's intense. I mean, the stuff that I mean these kids, you know, they just look like regular kids, happy kids, you know, no indication that things are going wrong and then they talk about their lives. Yeah. And you're you're thinking, "Whoa, the stuff that these kids have been through already." And Incredible. the sadness and the pain that is like just below the surface for them. And the cool kids do it, the the boys do it, the the girls do it, the older kids do it, the younger kids do it, and it's just it's just a great experience. It's very moving for me. It gives me hope for the future. Of but, those people. <laughs> of those people. So now well, quick question, is it um, do you give like preferential storytelling time to the new the new recruits? No, there's various different things that I do, but oh, I see. it's it's pretty much just like whoever wants whoever to wants to, yeah. Okay. And it's and every time I do it, I think this is the year where it all falls apart because mm-hmm. I just have no idea what's going to happen. Uh-huh. It's it's ninety nine percent you know dependent on the crowd being a certain way, yeah. And if the crowd is not that way and they're not into it, then the whole, th- you know, what if no one f- feels like getting up in the hot seat? Yeah. Then it's a failure. Or what if someone decides to be disruptive? I mean, you know, there's hundreds of kids. There's some clowns in the in the group. Right. And what if they decide to fart or make a joke or, you know, or say something mean about somebody or, you know, and every year, nothing like that ever happens. Wow. It's always extremely, I mean... Anyway, so it's always on the knife edge, but it's always good, right? And this this year, I was particularly worried because it, it, they've been transitioning to a uh, instead of having the younger kids at camp seventh through ninth, it's sixth through eighth grade. Oh. grade. So there's no more ninth graders anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So this is the first year without any ninth. Oh, graders. the eighth graders from last year must have been bummed. Uh, no, they went last year. Meaning, you know, they, they were probably thinking they were going to come back. Oh, right, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so I thought, well, with the advent of sixth graders, which are, there's a big difference between sixth and seventh. And then without any ninth graders, I'm just thinking, uh oh, you know, but everything went exactly the same as if nothing had changed. It's really interesting. 
Another thing that I did recently I just want to mention is a listener hired me as a consultant to talk about Borderline. He wanted me to give him some education over the phone regarding Borderline. And it was really gratifying to be able to give information. And by the end, he was saying uh, that it was very helpful for him in terms of making an important decision in his life. Why that song specifically? You know, it's a very important song. (laughs) The, The video involves a beret of some kind. Actually, interestingly enough, I recently rewatched Desperately Seeking Susan. Oh, wow. I've never actually seen it. It's actually, the beginning is actually, the beginning is, the first, I don't know, half an hour is, I think, a good movie and an interesting movie because it's, really? it's early 80s and you just see Madonna at her, the height of her coolness. It's, it's right after her first album, I think. I think it's yeah. before Material Girl and all that stuff, you know, it's, it's right in the borderline times. Right. And she's you know just that image you know and how cool she was oh i wanted to watch that so badly but i couldn't watch it i was a kid i didn't have a way to do it yeah and but the whole movie the rest of the movie is just ridiculous it's all based on an amnesia experience where a girl gets bumped in the head don't give it away yeah it's so dumb (laughs) uh recently saw tears for fears the other night that's unbelievable yeah like is it the same people or is it like they've shifted numbers well obviously kurt and roland are the same and i think the keyboardist is the same but their drummer looks younger than he would be normally have they had newer albums or was i looked it up no their last album was like 12 years ago which is kind of nice because then they don't want to play a bunch of songs off of it so they're just coasting on their success right (laughs) and so okay so i get tickets online through a third party because you know when you buy tickets now even if it's the day of or the minute of they're all sold out by robots that are are just buying up the tickets and then they sell them they scalp them right at a profit and so i had to buy these tickets i wanted to get good seats because it was at chateau saint michel which is a a winery it's like a an outdoor uh, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, and so they have seats, but the vast majority of the tickets are for the general admission, which is just the lawn. You're just sitting on this lawn. Right. And it's not an amphitheater. It's just kind of like a field. And so when I, I saw Huey Lewis there and I was on the, have you ever seen a show there before? No, I didn't know they had shows there. It's, they're not, it, unless you get good seats, it's kind of a bad experience. I see. It's not terrible, but. Because the audio is too diffused. Yeah. And, you know, like when we saw Radiohead at the White, White River Amphitheater, yeah. you know, that wasn't so great. It, you, could bear, you couldn't see the band. Do you sure. know what I mean? I mean, it's okay, but it's not, it's, it's a far cry from what you But the audio was not bad. Like, they, they have good acoustics there, at least. Yeah, yeah. It's not a field. Right. I, do, I don't know. I just have a problem with, like, sitting or standing on a field for some reason. <laughs> it just kind of bugs me. Um, but anyway, it's not like all those Coachella, all those, aren't they like that? Yeah. I haven't been to Coachella, but, um, anyway, so I get these tickets and I'm like, you know, I'm older now. I have a, you know, an okay job. I want to, I want to, I want to see the band, you know, right. I want to, I don't want to have to look at the screen to see the band. I want to actually see <laughs> So, you know, I get, I get, I spend, you know, I'm thinking, Tears for Fears is a big deal. You know, because from, I don't know about you, but for me, Tears for Fears, Songs from the Big Chair and The Hurting, those two albums 
are actually extremely important to me. Okay. Songs from the Big Chair, uh, you know, had, you know, something happened. Right. And I, I mean, that song hit me right at that sweet spot of pop music oh. when I was 13, 14 or something. I was obsessed with those songs. I, I loved... Um, I, I never owned the albums, but I loved their hits. Like, yeah. whatever would play on the radio. It's mainly songs They would from the come Big on. Chair. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, their, the main, their big album was Songs from the Big Chair. So that's most, you know, that has um, Everybody Wants to Rule right. the World. It has Shout. And I love that video, too. <laughs> right. And, and when I was a kid, like sixth grade, after watching that video... I started wearing my Izods, my pink Izods, with it buttoned all the way up to the top, <laughs> just like the bassist. So anyway, you know, it's a big deal. So we we get to the front uh, to the ticket booth, and you know, we give them the tickets, and they're trying to scan the ticket, and it's not working. You know, the barcode is oh, it's not no. working, and so they go, "Okay, you got to go to the box office." So we go to the box office. And they look at the thing, and they immediately say, oh, you, you must have bought this through a third party. Huh. And we're like, well, you know, in today's world, in order to get a ticket, you have to go through a third party <laughs> because all your tickets get bought yeah. so fast. And, and, and so, so they're like, well, you know, the barcode, you can see that it's, it's kind of screwed up. And you can kind of see like it printed out sort of weird. Uh -huh. And so I'm like, well... Well, so, but the rest of the ticket looks fine, right? Yeah. And, and the barcode has numbers on it. You know, yeah. it has like a 16-digit number. And I'm thinking, just enter in the number. Uh -huh. And they're like, okay, well, what's your name? So I give them a name. And they look on this, this they have this, this like packet, this like printed out, you know, and they flip through to see if my name is on the list. And I'm like, well, you're not going to find my name because I bought these tickets from a third party. And so whoever I bought them from, they're the name you're going to have, yeah. right? Because Ticketmaster, right, right, right. whoever bought it, you know. And so they're like, well, I'm sorry, we can't help you. Uh, and I'm like, so everyone buys, I would say half of tickets, if not more, are bought through these scalp, right. <laughs> scalping organizations online. And so um, I'm like, well, these seats, because it's not general admission. I bought, Seats, two seats. Yeah. So I'm like, well, you know, just look at the ticket. It's it's just because the barcode doesn't work. Yeah. One, you could enter in the 16 digit. You're not trying that. And two, if no one's sitting in those seats, then we know because they're like because they were because they were saying, you know, she was saying, well, you uh, some you know because the barcode doesn't work, then we know that someone else is sitting in those seats. What? Yeah. And and I was like. I was like, oh, because when she said that, I thought, oh, she, you know, she's telling me, because at this point, I'm thinking, you if, got it, screwed, if like we you got screwed, if we got, you know, ripped off, ripped off then fine, we'll go home, and I just have to say, it's, you know, our fault for, you know, playing, sure. rolling dice on the internet, and, but when she's, but at this point, I'm thinking, I'm not sure if it's, I think it just printed out bad, and the barcode looks bad. Yeah. And she says, no, someone's sitting in those seats. And I was like, oh, so you can verify that, that someone's sitting in those seats. And she looks at me and she's like, well, at this time, I can only tell you that someone is sitting in those seats. You know, like this really vague answer. And is that time like past? At what time will you be able to change that answer? Right. <laughs> and Chateau Saint-Michel, it's a small venue. I can see the seats. <laughs> right. I can physically look over to the seats and 
you know, like I, you know, it's like, and I was like, could I go over there and just see if anyone's sitting in those seats? And, and she's like, no, no, you can't, you know, these, these are, these are bad tickets. And I'm just like, how do you know that though? How do you know that it's just not a bad barcode? Yeah. And she's like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And I'm just like, okay, oh fine. my god. So, so it's like, okay, live and learn. Never, go, you know. And and in my head, I'm like, I'm never going to another concert again, <laughs> unless I can buy. Like when I right. saw Paul McCartney, actually, I I wanted to go with other people, but I didn't want to go through these third party people. So I bought. I went through Ticketmaster, and they, you know, they have like single seats a lot of times. <laughs> Because, you right. know, those don't sell as well. And so I just bought a single seat in the middle of a bunch of other people <laughs> and saw Paul McCartney and, and I bought it straight from Ticketmaster. But anyway, so at this point I'm walking away. I'm like, I'm never going to a concert unless I buy directly from Ticketmaster, sure. which, which probably means 90% of the time I can't go to a concert. Right. And then they like, well, okay, sir, we actually have some donated tickets for the general admission for the lawn. And I'm thinking, God. I don't want to sit on the lawn. The last time it sucked. Everyone's already in here because we arrived late because we didn't need to arrive early because we have assigned seats. Right. But at this point, like the entire lawn, it's already, everyone's already stayed the out back. their place. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I'm like, I don't know. And then I, I say, um, well, I don't know. Uh, and then, and then they say, well, they're free. And I'm like, oh, they're free. Yeah, we have these donated tickets for free for you. <laughs> and I'm thinking... Okay, then I'll just go sit in my seats. <laughs> yeah, so, so then I'm like, okay, interesting. And I take the tickets. And first off, I'm thinking, why are they free? You know, how, if I bought fraudulent tickets, why are you giving me free tickets? It just, I don't know, it just sounded... And who donates tickets? Right. Was this their way around their own system? Or I don't something? know. I don't know. But they were legit tickets. Like they had a name on yeah. it and everything. Like they were actually someone actually bought them. Yeah, someone actually bought them. But so, so I get the tickets. We we get in. <laughs> we stake out a place. They have an opening band called Zipper Club, which was actually kind of funny. You might actually kind of like them. They kind of write music like you actually. Sort Meaning of randomly. And, oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then uh, we see that to get into the seated section, there's another person looking at your ticket. So, and it looks like they're scanning it. Uh-huh. And so we can't get in. To, so we're like, oh, I guess oh, we're on the line. But then I notice people are kind of like sneaking by. Uh-huh. And so long story short, we get into the seating, <laughs> seating zone. So now we're in like row six or seven. And they're just like, oh my God, this is the best. Right? We finally got it. We like totally, but this was after like a couple hours and right. a couple bottles of wine. And because you can buy wine at the winery. <laughs> and then I realized that in order to get out to go to the bathroom, you pretty much have to walk right in front of the first row. Like right in front of the first row and the stage. Yeah. To get to the bathroom, you have to go that, that route. And so I realized, I was like, you know what? There's kind of a little chaos, because everyone's standing, there's kind of a lot of chaos up by the front. Yeah. I bet you if I act like I'm going to the bathroom and just sort of stop, then I can just stand right in front of the front stage <laughs> and watch the entire show that way. Oh, my gosh. And so that's what I did. And I was like within arm's reach of both of those guys the entire show. That's great. So lesson learned, only by general admission. Right. You can buy individual tickets, doesn't matter. Right. And then you can just get right up to the front. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Oh my god! Uh, went did to, went did to, you scream at them? Did they bring you on stage? Did you actually? There was this point where Roland was singing. Actually, they did "Creep" by Radiohead. Oh, weird! Yeah, and he was singing that song, and we had a really long session of eye contact. Oh, that's touching. Saw Billy Idol at Bumbershoot. That was fun. <laughs> wow! Uh, big difference. Okay, so two eighties, you know, yeah. loves of mine. And Tears of Fears sounded perfect. Their uh-huh. voices sounded perfect. That's great. The guitars, the you know, keyboards, everything sounded great. Billy Idol, not so great. Ravaged. And yeah, his vo- he's been yelling for too much. You know, his uh-huh. voice was just like shot. And he loved playing without his shirt on, even though he's sixty years old. And like, he looks great. Like Iggy Pop. <laughs> he looks great for a sixty year old, but but great for a sixty year old, you yeah. know. And he just couldn't keep his shirt on the entire show. And <laughs> So, uh, saw Band of Horses. Okay. Great show. Uh, You've been to a lot of shows then. And, well, and and another show that I went to, Plastic Poly. What? Went to a Plastic Poly show. You did. That's right. Yeah. You were at the barbecue show. Yeah. That's um, Umberto's band. Plastic Poly went to see him. That was pretty fun. Yeah, it was a fun show. There were a lot of... So, what I like about that... Venue, <laughs> it's a you know it's a friend of our drummers, who every year she throws this barbecue at their place, and it's they've got this big place with a lot of yard space and out in like an area where you can get loud, and she invites all her friends and a lot of her friends and herself they're all musicians, and so many of them and they set up this awesome stage and they have PA system and the whole thing, and everyone gets up and plays. Um, and so, you know, we, 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 this was our third time doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Nice, nice atmosphere. And also just to kind of close this out, I have been busking me and my friend, Danny have been playing on the streets of Pike place market. You mentioned that. And that's fun. Why is it called busking? I have no idea. I have no idea. Because you used to get in buses and do it. I don't know. Well, uh, what other random stuff do you have to say, Berto? Any any closing random stuff? So, what do you think? Did you hear about Brangelina? Yeah, breakup. Yeah. Um, so, I'm fascinated by the Hollywood uh, romances mm-hmm. because um, I always feel like they're set up. In many cases, they're set up for failure because, like you know, him and her met on the set of a movie where they spent a lot of time together. And of course, I mean, not necessarily of course, but it's not that surprising. And it's happened repeatedly throughout Hollywood history that they end up together. And then the rumor is now that he was uh, falling in love with Marion Cotillard from the gal from Inception, I guess. Oh, really? And she's in a new movie with him and they spent a lot of time together. (laughs) Isn't that how he fell in love with Angelina? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's how they started. And broke up with uh, With, uh, Friends Girl. With Rachel, with um, Jennifer Lawrence. (laughs) Anyway, so so I'm fascinated by... But they, they did stay together like... Yeah. 12 years. Uh, or longer. They, they were together for a decade and then got married and were, were married for two years. Oh, seems like longer 12 years. Yeah. And they raised, they're raising a whole bunch of kids and now she's going to retain custody and he only gets visitation rights. Yeah. Because she's, you know, questioning his parenting skills or something like that. Really? Yeah. Oh. So, but, but what I was wondering about this is, what must it do to your psyche 
as a human being that your entire life, or at least some weird, weird version of it is on display for everyone and everyone's constantly making up stories and everywhere you go, there are whispers and people look at you in either. What does that do to a person? Yeah. Have you ever interviewed or talked to someone who's famous and asked them that? I've never... Have I? I feel like I have, but it's, you know, it messes with your brain. It, we're not made to do that. And people have various different symptoms. I mean, did you see that Corey Feldman video of him, <laughs> him dancing on the Today Show or something? Like, yeah. you know, you, you just got to wonder, like, the pressure of... Right. Or, well, we did the whole episode on Amy Winehouse. And That's true. And my primary hypothesis is that she because of the fame and because of the tabloids and because of the being on the road and all the crowds of people and the expectations and the pressure, she, her, her addiction became extremely uh, mushroomed Mm -hmm. to the point where she died. Yeah. And so many musicians are like that. So many different artists are like that because we're just not made for it. I mean, think about when you do, when you play a plastic poly show, for instance, yeah, you go to you know you're 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 thinking about it for a few weeks you're yep. you know you're and then the day of you're like oh my god okay like get all the <laughs> gear together and you go to the show I mean I'm saying this because yeah I've been in a band you can too. <laughs> and you know you go to the show and you're all kind of like okay when are we up next okay okay I got is everything here is everything just right okay what about this I wonder if the sound's gonna be okay is anyone gonna come you know people come <laughs> and then you know and then you're playing your songs and you know you're just. You're just, you're barely holding on to to your sanity, you know, and you're nervous and you're freaking out and, you know, it doesn't go quite right, but there's some nice moments. And afterwards, all these people come up to you and they're like, oh my God, that was great. And then you got to pack your shit out and you know, and then, and then you go to Denny's. (laughs) Right. And then after that, your brain, you can't just like, okay, I'm going to sleep or okay, I'm going to do my taxes or I wonder if I should run some errands. You know, you're on such a, a, a high or you're in a in such a state yeah. that you can't function now imagine and that's only to like literally three people in the audience <laughs> you know <laughs> who are sort of clapping <laughs> yeah i mean i'll never forget one time i was literally the only one watching umberto's band there were more people on stage than in the audience the sound guy had left the room <laughs> I was literally the only one in the room, and it was a big room. That was in West Seattle. That yeah. was that was a big space, yeah. and I was literally the. Only, I just thought, like, man, this is why I'd, I'm not in a band anymore. But anyway, that's, hey man, that was that was an epic test of will, <laughs> and so that um, is just again to you know say one to ten people imagine what it's like to play to you know tens of thousands of people every day and then the tabloids and just the amount of stress and ups and downs and constantly like uh stress hormones rushing through your body absolutely yeah, you, go, so- you go to a restaurant and you briefly raise your voice about some trivial issue then as you're getting home, you're hearing on the news, like, you know, new spat between Brangelina and what's going to happen to the kids. And you're like, what? What? I just, 
over what ju- I was just yelling about the donuts or something. Right. And and that's your and then you turn on the television and they have some weird ass picture of you frowning and saying, yeah. you know, Brad is not happy with it. And it's like what? Yeah. I mean that how can a how can a relationship yeah. even survive that? Right. And what people tend to think is, well, they're famous, they're used to it. But that's that's like saying well, a surgeon, you know, he sees people dying every day. He's used to it. So he's used to people. So when his wife dies, it'll be no big deal. <laughs> right. And it's just not humanly possible to be used to it. Celebrities are exactly the same sort of human as you are. Yep. And process things almost exactly the same way as you do. Mm-hmm. They they have to go number two. They, whoa, whoa. They, you know, they cry. They have their, they get their feelings hurt. When someone says to their face a bad thing, it hurts their feelings. And so, you know, there's all that. But anyway. Are you saying everybody poops? That does it for this. We'll leave that for the <laughs> mysteries of, of the world. The, that does it for the, this, this episode of Seacology in, in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because... You deserve it.